0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Matic. You can find me on Twitter at @davismatic. In this episode of the show, we are going to do our Tuesday roster management show. So this is the show where we look over the waiver wire, and then we think about streaming quarterbacks, streaming tight ends, streaming kickers, and streaming defenses, and then also talk a little bit about some guys that we are wanting to cut, perhaps, or guys that we are interested in. In uh, trading for, so just uh, just overall uh, a, a way to uh, attack our rosters and uh, you know get more points in our starting lineup. Real quick before we get started, I just needed to mention some guys who. I think we'll probably like if you listen to other fantasy shows or if you read other waiver wire columns, there are some guys who I think will be mentioned as ads, and th- these guys are owned in your league, and if they're not, they should be. But you know, guys like DK Metcalf, Greg Olson, McCall Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson, DJ Shark, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Philip Dorset, Golden Tate, Daryl Williams, Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels is the really interesting one because he had that huge game on Monday Night Football, you know, he was playing as a Wildcat quarterback. Was involved in the passing game. Was involved in the running game, and uh, you know he would be the top waiver wire ad of the week in the position that uh, that he was out there. I think the chances of him being out there in your league are probably. Pretty low. Some other guys who I think might be dropped that should be added if your team is good. So if you're 3-1, and if you're 4-0, and if, if you feel pretty good heading into the buys, you know, you don't really need the roster spots. I think these are some players who could be dropped that should be on your bench. Alexander Madison, Darwin Thompson, Justice Hill, and or Gus Edwards, Ronald Jones, and Tony Pollard. In particular, I've seen Ronald Jones dropped in a lot of leagues, so I, I'm going to talk about him a little bit more uh, here in uh, in a little bit. So in terms of potential difference makers on the waiver wire this week, I think there are really only two potential answers to this question. The first is Jalen Samuels. So uh, if Jalen Samuels is out there, he is worth you know, 30-ish percent of your fab, because it seems like as long as Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, they're they are they're really just going to try and protect him. They're just going to try and make things easier for Mason Rudolph, and one of the ways in which they are doing that is using Jalen Samuels as, uh, you know, a gadget player, kind of like he was used at uh, at NC State. So I think that He definitely is going to have a role on this offense moving forward. Now, it it might not be the same role every week. He might not get 20 touches every single week. You know, that's just a high barometer for anyone. But I definitely think that he does deserve to be added uh, at a very high clip this week if he's out there. The other difference makers could be Jordan Wilkins and or Naheem Hines. Early in the second quarter, Marlon Mack uh, basically got tackled by an Oakland Raiders defensive back uh, and uh, got his ankle rolled over on, and he got only two carries for the rest of the game. Uh, Said after the game that his ankle was hurting for him a little bit, and Jordan Wilkins subbed in and played a little bit more in this game than he had in the past, but Naheem Hines played a lot more. So as of Tuesday morning, we have not heard an official diagnosis for Marlon Mack's ankle. Uh, We don't know exactly what is going on with him. However, our assumption would be that he's probably... Fine, and uh, after this week, the Colts have a bye week. So, with the bye week coming up, I actually think that there's a decent chance that they just rest him and let him maximize that amount of rest. Unfortunately, Jordan Wilkins is going to be traveling to play in Kansas City, so that's not going to be a game for Jordan Wilkins. That's going to be a game for Naheem Hines. So, if Naheem Hines is out there on your waiver wire, he is, uh, I think. I think regardless, right? I think even if Marlon Mack wasn't healthy, he would be a good add. But I think that with Marlon Mack injured, Naheem Hines would be a definitely uh, like a, a big, a great waiver wire add this week. Moving on to some of the borderline starters, Keyshawn Johnson is going to be the biggest beneficiary of Christian Kirk getting injured. In the the final seconds, the second-to-last play, uh, Kirk rolled over on his ankle on a first-down reception. There was less than one minute left in the game. And the injury did not look really good, so Michael Crabtree is cut, Demir Bird has a hamstring injury, and it seems like Christian Kirk might have to miss multiple weeks with this ankle injury, and I think you could probably get Keyshawn Johnson with like a $1 to $2 bid. I don't think that he's going to be popular at all, but he's clearly ahead of Andy Isabella in the pecking order in Arizona, and just being ahead of Isabella in this offense basically means that, I mean, he could just play that Christian Kirk role, right? And if if... If he is playing that Christian Kirk role, that's a role that's going to be super valuable in PPR leagues. Now, I don't think his scoring upside is super high. I don't think any of the Cardinals scoring upside other than David Johnson is really high. But the fact that they just don't run just gives extra points out there to the offense. You know, just completing a pass for three yards, that's worth 1.3 points instead of three points. And that feels very easy. That feels very elementary. But like, that's just the way these things go. It's very important for you to think about, you know, the way that these teams are calling plays, the way that they progress the ball down the field, and how that influences fantasy point scoring. Another guy that I am personally planning on adding, because you guys already know I have Keyshawn Johnson on a lot of my teams. Uh, Gerald Everett saw eight targets in the Rams game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Jared Goff dropped back 68 times, so there was more targets to go around. However, basically, I I think we are seeing that Everett is fourth in line for targets uh, on this team. I I don't buy 11 targets for Todd Gurley, especially coming now in this short week against the Seahawks. Um, if, If you're just tired of getting blanked at tight end, or looking for a little bit of upside, or if you're drafting in the draft best ball championship, uh, uh, the, the week five draft best ball championship, I think Everett is an extremely good at it. I really do think that he's someone who has the potential to you know score fantasy points for the rest of the year. Uh, if the bye weeks are hitting you particularly hard, maybe you have Kenny Galladay. Uh, maybe you are going to be missing Devonte Adams or Christian Kirk with injury this week. Uh, the one and three Atlanta Falcons just keep targeting Mohamed Sanu, and as a result of that fact, you know Calvin Ridley is being hurt by this. But uh, the Falcons are playing at the Houston Texans in week five. That should be, you know, one of the higher total games of the week. Uh, he has 31 targets through four games, but has yet to score. So, you know, if, you, if you've been hit by the Christian Kirk injury, the Mike Williams injury, the Devontae Adams injury, you have bye weeks. I think that Sanu is a guy you could bid one dollar on. You know, no one in your league is going to go crazy for Muhammad Sanu. And I think that, you know, he should project for between seven to nine fantasy points with upside for more than that. You know, he's, he's a guy who's on the field a lot. Lot, he plays a lot, and you know that's that's a guy that's worth adding onto your teams. If you now he, he doesn't have very much upside, right? There is a zero percent chance that Mohamed Sanu finishes as you know the top twenty-four wide receiver the rest of the way, but definitely is a guy who just during those bye weeks is going to be. Useful. Uh, one of the biggest ads of the week. It's going to be really popular if he's out there on your wire. Ronald Jones, he just had, I think, probably his best game of his career. Uh, 19 carries. He played 36 of 74 snaps on offense. Had 70 yards worth of rushing called back due to kind of ticky-tack penalties. Now, he did still lose passing down work to Peyton Barber and Ogun Ogunbowale. But I think for the time being, Jones is the clear starting running back for this team. He is the guy that the coaching staff is going to give most of the rushing work. To and he has most of the value for an offense that we think is really good. You know, we think the Buccaneers' offense is going to be good. We think that they are going to score points, and Ronald Jones is going to be worthy of an add. Uh, you know, if, if he was out there in any of my leagues, he would actually probably be the guy that I would most personally be interested in adding because most of my teams are zero RB teams, and they could use not only not only the weekly uh, ability to start him and and feel fine about it, but also the upside because Ronald Jones has. I mean, he's got more upside than Jalen Samuels. He has more upside than Jordan Wilkins, than I minds, Hines, because he could just become the unquestioned starting running back for this team. That is, that is in the range of outcomes, and that's definitely something that I am interested in. Uh, the next guy, Cole Beasley. I think he's looking more and more like a guy that you can just start... In PPR leagues, uh, through through four games, he has nine, four, ten, and thirteen targets. The upside is really low because he's never getting any deep targets. You know, John Brown and Zay Jones are getting all the deep targets, and this team is going to be super run heavy in positive game scripts and also in the red zone, uh, due to Josh Allen being there. Uh, you know, Devin Singletary is hurt right now. When Devin Singletary comes back and is replacing T.J. Yeldon in the backfield, we think that uh, single. We think that you know they'll they'll probably start running a little bit. More more, But there are, you know, there are teams out there right now. Like, this is a really brutal week for wide receivers if you go and look at things because teams are missing the Detroit wide receivers. There were probably some teams who were starting uh, Preston Williams or Devontae Parker. You know, th- that's just the nature of the game. And, uh, you know, people are going to be missing Devontae Adams. They're going to be missing Christian Kirk, maybe be missing um, Mike Williams. So there are a lot of. lot of injuries, Uh, we got the bye week starting so guys like Cole Beasley, and even if you're not starting him this week, you know, you might and Cole Beasley is good protection against an injury because he's not going to get you zero and he's not going to cost anything in fab so I think that that is pretty interesting Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Jacoby Brissett later, Uh, well actually no we won't, let's just do it right now, so Jacoby Brissett is going to be the top streaming quarterback of the week, he's been the top streaming quarterback of the week the last two weeks I'm not sure if he meets our threshold of under 50% owned, but he actually leads the NFL in touching pass, <laughs> touching pa- passing touchdowns right now with 10. Uh, and there's more upside to come from him because he's barely rushed. He has 57 rushing yards and zero rushing touchdowns. He showed rushing upside when he started in 2017. He showed rushing upside when he started at NC State. So he, he's really already a top 10 quarterback in fantasy, and he had another startable game, and this is really important, without T.Y. Hilton in the lineup. So Things are just going to get better for him when Hilton is in the lineup. Some guys who I'm adding in really deep leagues, so these are like my 14-team leagues, my 16-team leagues, my 30-man dynasty leagues, uh, Jake Kumaro and Darius Shepard. We just don't know the health situation of Devonta Adams, but he was forced to leave the Thursday night football game against the Eagles with Turf Toe. I've heard it bandied about that he's going to miss at least two weeks, uh, but you know, or at least this upcoming week, but he might miss two or three. Uh, if he were to miss an extended period, of time, I would think Kumaro is going to be the guy who sees the biggest bump in playing time. He's not a very good NFL prospect, you know, doesn't have great athleticism or anything like that, but Aaron Rodgers has praised him to the media in the past, and we know that basically... Getting the favor of Aaron Rodgers is the most important thing in this offense because we've seen good players like Trevor Davis and uh, Jeff Janis, my boy, get uh, get shoved out of town just due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers does uh, you know just doesn't like them that much. Uh, the next guys are Jacoby Myers and Benjamin Watson. Uh, Myers didn't play at all, you know, basically just completely vanished in this game with Dorsett, Edelman, and Gordon all fully healthy and ready to go. And if he was owned in your league, he is going to be dropped. But he uh, you know because he played only four snaps on offense. But I think that any injury to Matt Lacoste, uh, Ryan Izzo, James White, Dorsett, Edelman Gordon, and Myers basically becomes closer to, uh, you know, a part-time player, if not a a full-time player, I don't even know if he's really that good, but I know that he is likely going to be a guy who plays in this offense, and that matters. Same for Ben Watson. I actually think Ben Watson might just straight up become uh, a full-time player in this offense right when he returns from suspension. I think that uh, the, you know them holding to Ben Watson through the suspension was a big deal, and I think this offense does need a tight end. right? They, it's used tight ends so heavily in the past, and Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste just are not getting the job done. The next guy is Dawson Knox. Uh, the Bills ran 83 plays on offense, so they take this with a grain of salt. But Dawson Knox caught all three of his targets for 58 yards. I, I definitely wouldn't be adding him in single tight end formats or, or you know, non-Super geek leagues. But clearly, I do think he's a guy who is is going to be able to get seven to 10 PPR points on a weekly basis. And I do think that he is going to be like he's coming along quickly as a rookie tight end. And I I like this Bill's offense. I like what the coaching staff is doing. I like the way that Josh Allen is playing for the most part, though. He was really not particularly good in this game against the Patriots. But interesting guy in uh, like I I play in a couple leagues where you have to start two tight ends. I think like the Scott Fishbowl, Dawson Knox is a pretty good add. So those are just a few examples. Uh, Raekel Armstead, I believe he is the zero RB ad of the week. Uh, Leonard Fournette came off this crazy game, basically the best game of his career. Uh, you know, like two hundred and twenty-five rushing yards, uh, twenty-nine rushing attempts. But it was Armstead that caught the one of the go-ahead touchdowns after he spelled Fournette after like a seventy-five-yard run. But if anything happens to Fournette, uh, I think it's pretty clear Armstead is just going to be the dude. I think this is very similar to. Adding Wayne Gallman in New York before that injury, adding Benny Snell in Pittsburgh, um, you know, adding just adding a lot of these, uh, you know, Tony Pollard, whatever. Uh, Ar- Armstead is the clear handcuff in Jacksonville, and that is worth owning in, uh, you know, in most leagues. Uh, Dexter Williams, I think, another pretty interesting add because it seems like Jamal Williams is going to be out for a couple weeks. Dexter Williams is going to be the handcuff in Green Bay. That's, uh, you know, that's just a valuable position to hold, and I think there's a decent chance that he gets some spell work, you know, gets some third downs, because the coaching staff just has not been willing to play Aaron Jones at like 80% of the snaps. You know, they they want him to be closer to 50-50, and I think that that is pretty reasonable. A few super deep targets, Antonio Callaway returning from suspension, uh, Richard Higgins is still banged up. Jarvis Landry left the Baltimore game with concussion. I think you could probably sneak Callaway through with like a $1 bid. And then the, the deepest of deep leagues, Jay Ajayi, Ian Rappaport reported that Ajayi has contacted all 32 teams uh, to tell them that he is ready for game time uh, and that he could play. Rappaport reported that uh, the market could heat up quickly. I don't know if the market's really going to heat up that much for uh for our boy, but he is someone that I I added him in the FFPC main event for one dollar, just kind of hoping to see something happen, some some sort of traction there. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but uh, that's you know that's that's the deep league life. Streaming quarterbacks. This is a crazy week for streaming quarterbacks. All these guys are under 50% owned. Kirk Cousins. At the Giants, you know, the only time a quarterback failed against the Giants this year was when it was Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins. Jacoby Brissett is 36% owned at Kansas City. He would be the number one streaming quarterback of the week by far. Not even close would be the guy that we would uh, that we would want to add. Now, I know Andy Dalton looked bad on Monday night, but now he gets to play the Arizona Cardinals at home. Uh, I think he would be our number two streaming quarterback of the week. The Bengals have been, until again, until that Monday night game, they were one of the most uh, pass-heavy teams in neutral game scripts of anyone. In the league, so I think that that's another situation where you have to feel pretty good. Uh, outside of that, I'm not sure if there are a ton of guys that we are really wanting to add. You could think about adding Teddy Bridgewater in a in a super deep, super desperate situation. He's playing at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That you know they're a little bit more of a good run defense as opposed to a good pass defense. And then Kyle Allen playing at home to Jacksonville. He should not really be 17% owned. So I think probably Kyle Allen is out there in your league. I would not be interested in those guys. The, the two best streaming quarterbacks of the week are very clearly Andy Dalton and... And Jacoby Brissett. If you are desperate after that, I I do not blame you for going to Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is, he's an established commodity. He's got this great matchup, but he's not someone that I am uh, very interested in playing. So o- overall, I think I think Brissett is the guy that you really want. That that sets you up just as great for the week in terms of uh, of streaming quarterbacks moving towards streaming tight ends. Vernon Davis has 19 targets on the year. He's felt completely invisible throughout most of that. Uh, has the one touchdown, but that came back in week one. I'm not really trying to invest in the Washington Redskins against the New England Patriots, but he's out there. He's a guy. He, he probably won't get you zero. That's about the kindest thing I can say about him. Jimmy Graham actually should probably be the ad this week because Devontae Adams is not going to play against Dallas. Uh, Graham now has two touchdowns on the year, 16 targets, was much more involved in that Thursday night game against the Eagles. Seems like he's fully healthy now, you know, not listed on the injury report at all this week. Jimmy Graham is, for me, the top streaming tight end this week because he's coming in at 37% owned on uh, on yahoo that's definitely valuable uh jack doyle though number two streaming tight end 17 targets on the year now scored a touchdown last week just seems seems like he is finally returning to his role that he's had for the last three years when healthy in the colts offense now part of that has to do with the fact that ty hilton was out injured but i think ty hilton might miss this game against kansas city as well and if in fact he does miss that game I think that there would be reasons to uh, to play him, and then our third streaming tight end, Tyler Eifert, uh, had five targets in that Monday Night game against the Steelers. Sixteen targets on the year is up to fifteen percent of the team's total targets thus far. Uh, Eleven receptions, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. Now getting to play Arizona, he's getting he's getting that narrative that all of you love. Uh, everyone loves the narrative of tight ends against the Arizona Cardinals. That is going to be Tyler Eifert this week. I expect that he's going to be a popular streamer, so you might have a little bit of competition on the waiver wire as it pertains to him I wouldn't be super worried about it you know I I would bid if Jack Doyle's out there Tyler Eifert's out there Jimmy Graham's out there I would kind of just bid the same amount on all of them if you needed a tight end this week and if you get them you get them if you don't get them that's fine you know that's just the way that things go Uh, streaming kickers this is again another great week for streaming kickers as it seems to be Every week, Zane Gonzalez has 36 fantasy points on the year. Uh, you know that would pretty clearly make him. I, I think that makes him the eighth best kicker in fantasy football. He gets the matchup at Cincinnati. You know they are just not any good. That should be a great opportunity for, of course, for the Cardinals to move the ball and then not score touchdowns and kick more field goals. That's just uh, that's just the way that things have been going for the Cardinals thus far. If Michael Badgley ever comes back, the Chargers' offense remains good. He would definitely be he would definitely be an ad um again Austin Seibert playing at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he, he's just been great. Uh, he just continues to kick a ton of field goals, continues to score a ton of fantasy points. I, if you just started Austin Seibert every week, you would be uh, you would be in uh, in pretty good shape. Matt Bryant is going to be another guy who is sort of a, a popular ad in fantasy football this week uh, as he plays at Houston. So he's playing in that dome. Uh, should be a lot of passing attempts, should be a lot of scoring in that game. Really, it's, it's crazy to me so i i have to admit you know i I of course have harrison bucker in a couple of my leagues because i love the chiefs i love harrison bucker i love the way uh, i just love locking those points in but it's probably costing me points right because there are guys like joey sly guys like joey elliott guys like robbie gold guys like uh uh zane gonzalez guys like eddie pinero austin Seibert, who really have been better weekly plays and kind of projected for more points and uh You know, I kind of just had to uh, kind of just take whatever Harrison Bucker gives me. I guess the nice thing is, is Bucker doesn't have the bye week until week 12, so I haven't had to manipulate things too much. In terms of streaming defenses, there are two options that really stand out above the rest. The top option is the Philadelphia Eagles. They're playing at home this week. And they will be likely playing against Luke Falk. Uh, so I'm in a couple leagues where I'm 1-3, in three where uh, I've been bad at streaming defenses. You know, I got that bad run from the Dallas Cowboys and a couple other situations where things just have not really gone my way. I am cool bidding a lot on the Eagles this week. I think if they get Luke Falk and not Sam Darnold, this could be one of the best streaming defensive spots of the year. You should be able to get them between like 5 and 8% of your fab, and those are situations that I'm really interested in. The other streaming defense that we really want is the Tennessee Titans playing at home to either a concussed Josh Allen who hasn't gonna get to practice all week. Or Matt Barkley, and if it's Matt Barkley, you know I might even bid more on the Titans' defense than I would on the Eagles' defense. The Tennessee Titans' defense has forty-three fantasy points this year. Uh, they've been really good, really good in terms of turnovers, adjusted sack rate. Uh, really, the only time they got owned was in that uh, was in that Thursday night game against uh, Goedner Minshew. So, uh, the Eagles, though, the Eagles and the Titans, these are these are very clearly the two streaming defenses that you want i think maybe maybe the saints but they're like 42 percent owned and they're going to be uh like someone in your league probably has them i think that uh i think that they would be okay maybe the carolina defense at home against gardner Minshew could be could be decent but overall uh or or if you're in the the deepest of deep formats the cincinnati Bengals uh at home to kyler murray you know just hoping that they get some sacks or or get lucky on a turnover but that is our roster management podcast i hope that set you up for the week, got you ready to uh, make your waiver wire bids, get your teams in a good position, and uh, good, good luck in the upcoming week, guys.